This is John and Robin Voyles of Celebrate Libraries with a New Ways to Dream podcast. Today we're at Wheaton Public Library in Wheaton, Illinois, and we'll be speaking with a number of department heads from the library. We begin with Dana Tiemann, who works in the Adult Services Department. She's actually the head of the department. So Dana, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you for coming. It's a pleasure. I was wondering if you could just give us uh, a brief outline of uh, your uh, roles here at the library and uh, how long you've been at the library. Um, and, uh, yeah, just start with that. Well, I've been at the Wheaton Public Library off and on since 1999. I started out in adult services and after only about four months moved over to technical services as the public face of the computer department. So I taught the computer classes, also edited the newsletter, uh, was primarily responsible for working with computer hardware and troubleshooting problems. I also uh, ran the young adult department and wore a lot of different hats during that point. And so worked here for about nine years, then left to stay home with my daughters full time for, next, for the next six years or so and then gradually have been working my way back into the building and in May of 2017 became the head of adult services. The adult services department is primarily responsible for collections, we're responsible for educational and instructional programming, we're responsible for a variety of services, and probably the most important part of adult services is the reference desk. Um, our collections part of things involves the fiction collection, the nonfiction collection, mm-hmm. all of the movies, the music, and the audiobooks on an adult level. As far as educational and instructional programming, we offer a series of computer classes. We teach Excel, Microsoft Word, we teach Google Drive, we teach classes on social media, classes on cutting the cable cord. Those are all taught in-house. Uh, we have business classes. Those are usually involved with a partnership with either the SCORE of Fox Valley or Innovation DuPage or the Small Business Development Center, that's the SBDC. Some of those are in-house classes. Some of those are taught in partnership with some of those partners. Mm -hmm. We have genealogy classes. Some of those, again, are in-house. Some of those are taught in partnership with the uh, DuPage County Genealogical Society or the DAR. We have craft clubs, and we also have the Job Club, which was taught in partnership with the Goodwill Workforce Connection Center. What's the Job Club? We have uh, a representative from the Goodwill Job Center. She comes in and she shows people how to brush up their resume. She shows people how to interview if they have questions about why am I not getting a job or what's going on with my resume, is there a problem with it? So she helps them polish things up and make them perhaps more appealing to anybody who might be looking for employees. Is there a bilingual aspect to that for any of the people? Not currently. um, The community of Wheaton doesn't have one primary language outside of English, of course. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of folks coming in from a variety of different countries, so we don't have a strong base of, let's say, Spanish speakers or a strong base of Polish speakers like other communities have. So there's not as much of a need for a strong bilingual presence as compared to what you might find in other libraries. So currently, all of the job force, all of our classes are offered in English. Okay. 
you um, you mentioned partnerships. Are you do you do things with um, uh, DuPage, um, the College of DuPage? Is that it? Right? College. College of DuPage. So Innovation DuPage. I mentioned it briefly. Innovation DuPage. They have a business area which focuses on job training, but it also focuses on small business ownership. That's a new develop. Hmm. It's kind of a new development. The College of DuPage is working um, with Glen Ellen. They moved actually over to the Glen Ellen Civic Center, so they have an office location that it might not even be open yet. It's that brand new. Oh. So we work with them. Um, we have a few key faculty members that we work with over at the College of DuPage, and then of course we try to work with as many people as we possibly can. It's just beneficial to everybody. And you're next door to Wheaton, so do you do things with um... the college? You yes. Mean? Not as much as you might think. Um, they're fairly independent. We're fairly independent. We see a lot of the college students here, in particular on Sundays during the school year, because their library is closed on every Sunday. So every Sunday that we're open and every Sunday that school is in session, we see a heavy influx of Wheaton College students. But we do communicate with them. We have a decent relationship with them. But as far as partnerships, we don't have... Uh, a strong partnership, yes. if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. Um, one of the questions I, I passed along to Courtney, and I don't know if uh, you were able to think about this, but um, I asked if uh, if there is some sort of data or feedback that you on you rely on to track the successes of the department. Throughout the library, we use a software program called Gimlet, and that tracks reference questions. Um, and we, in the adult services department, track, uh, well, we tag all of our reference questions so that we have an idea of the types of things that people are asking. So is it a question about a study room? Does somebody simply want to know where the newspapers are? Can you help me with a genealogy question? I need a half an hour session on Excel. So we tag all of those to give us an idea of what people need. Mm -hmm. As far as determining success, um, we're implementing a variety of surveys. There's already a survey in existence for the Business Resource Center. Okay. They they're pretty vocal about what they want and what they need. So that's been fairly successful and we're very encouraged by that. Okay. So we're in the middle of implementing a computer class survey, which will hopefully have the same types of results in the sense that people will tell us what, what we are not teaching or what we are teaching, what they feel is a success, what they feel is something that could be improved a little bit. So we're working on that for the time being. We tend, at least at the desk itself, to answer fairly short-term questions, simple things like where are the newspapers, can I sign up for a study room, can you find me a phone number, we do still answer quite a few of those types of questions. But we're seeing more and more that people still need longer amounts of time for help. So we tend to set up one-on-one -on -one sessions with people who might need that extra attention. Genealogy questions, we have a very large genealogy section here and we have a genealogy specialist. She helps people research the history of their homes. So she'll set aside a half an hour block to help people find out who lived in their house, how old it is, where's the deed to that home. So she does a lot of that and also just regular genealogy questions. If I'm just starting out, where do I go first? Well, I don't know anything about the census. How do I find out about the census? So we do 
little 20, 30 minute sessions that are one-on-one sessions. So I'm thinking the housing stock within the library area is an older housing stock. Yes. Older communities. So it is. Do you have a general idea of maybe how far back some of that research may have gone? Just curiosity. I know the community has been around at least since the early 1800s. So do they, have they, someone found something maybe, just if you have a quick story on that? That's fascinating that people come in here and start finding oh, information. Yeah, if you, if you have a story uh, that you can think of at the moment, if not, that's fine. But uh, maybe someone who came in and you have a particular case or example of, of something, something that was discovered maybe about a house that was unknown or, or anything that you might have. I know that within the last three weeks, our genealogy specialist was telling me that she had a person come in for home history help, and they knew nothing about the history of their home. They knew that it was an older home, but they knew nothing beyond that. And with a little bit of research, they were able to find the original owners of the home. They were able to find the original deed to the home. And they discovered that it's in a printed book that we have called 32 Wheaton Notable Homes. Mm -hmm. And they had no idea. But this home is of huge historical value. And they didn't know anything about it. And our genealogy specialist was able to flip through the book and say, Oh, look, by the way, your home is drawn, hand-drawn in this book because it's important enough to Wheaton history. It's a free service given to uh, members of the community. Absolutely. Wow. Yep. That's a good story. <laughs> One thing I, I was wondering about, you talk, I think you were talking about the e, maybe e-books. I don't remember if you mentioned audio books, but it seems to me I was reading Publishers Weekly uh, a couple weeks back, and uh, Simon & Schuster, there's new things about pricing, and does that influence what you do at all about what... This, what this, the cost of the services to people and how, how maybe, and I don't have a lot of, obviously a lot of information here, but the costs have gone up or, or you're limited in some way for some of the books, the materials that are available. Juggling e-content with physical content is an adventure. And okay. e-content is very, very popular here, but there are a couple of different models as far as the way that e-content can be accessed. Okay. We belong to uh, two consortium level e-content providers, so Overdrive is one of them, <laughs> and there are several other libraries in the area that also belong to that consortium. We pay a fee, they purchase library books or books for the consortium, <laughs> and then people can check them out in a similar way. Um, in addition, if there are card holders that you know want a copy of a particular book, they might have to wait a long time if everybody in the consortium has access to that title. Sure. So we can purchase additional copies of oh. that title. But Overdrive and then Access 360 are also very similar models. And we can purchase additional copies in both of those. We pay a platform fee, we pay service fees, but it's manageable. So the additional content is manageable within the framework of our budget. The other service model is pay-per-use. You see that with Hoopla, Mm -hmm. and you see that with Canopy, and there are a couple other services that offer that same type of model. Patrons love it because they never have to wait for anything. And it's fantastic because they never have to wait for anything, and it's incredibly expensive. We had Hoopla, 
and yes. ended up having to cancel it because it was too popular. Oh. And we had budgeted a certain amount for it, and it easily surpassed that budget by twice mm-hmm. twice the amount. Really? And was on track to get up closer to three times the amount of our budget, simply because so many people were using it. Well, it wasn't even so much that so many people were using it. It was that a core group of people had figured it out, mm-hmm. and then they were checking things out constantly. And we tried everything that we could think of. We reduced the number of checkouts that were available. We hid the records from the catalog. And it was still on track to blow our budget by thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. So we ended up having to stop Hoopla. And our patrons, of course, were disappointed. But ultimately, they understood that it was a difficult choice that had to be made. It can be explained. And uh, yeah, I was reading the New York Times, I believe, and I think the New York Public Library is a dropping canopy. Canopy has that exact same model. And it's a great idea. And if you have a budget that's limitless, then it doesn't cause any problems. But, you know, when you have to consider the bottom line and you have to be a responsible steward of the finances of the community, you do have to make difficult choices. Yeah. Good. Do you have an idea about uh, uh, e-books and audiobooks as a percentage of circulated materials, and I, I know the word circulated there is kind of a little funny because it's not the same process as people checking it in, but you mentioned they were popular. Do you have an idea about Last year, 2018, our e-content, so that includes e-books and e-audiobooks, was okay. about 10% of the circulation figures. So overall, we circulated over a million wow. items. E-content was about 100,000. Wow. Amazing. Dana, do you have a final statement to make about Adult Services Department? Uh, Mention a success or describe the path forward, future strategies, anything you might have to say at closing? I think Adult Services used to be all-encompassing. It was anything that had something to do with adult adult services, I suppose. More and more nowadays, you're seeing a division, not a division, that's probably the wrong word for it, but a separation of responsibilities. So community engagement, which is responsible for outreach and programming, they do a lot of the amazing things that bring people into the library. So adult services, we're responsible for collections, we're responsible for all of the things that make what people think of traditionally as a library. So... You think of a library, you think of a book. So we're responsible for all that. But we're also responsible for making sure that people get what they need, and that's not always books. And so when people come in, we're happy to find you a book, but we're just as happy to get you connected to a database and let you know that, hey, you want this consumer reports? Sure, I can get you the print magazine, but did you know we also have the database? Which means that you could be looking at it from your home at 1130 at night and not have to wait to come into the library. More convenient. We have, to, we have to go that extra step and make sure that people are getting what they need, not just what they're asking for. And that's one of the challenges of our department. And I think everybody in our department does a very, very good job of that. Great. I guess I'm the personal one on this, and I wondered if you had a personal story that you'd like to share with us that you just you know, makes you. I did get a hug for the first time <laughs> Great. in a couple years, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> 
I had a gentleman who took one of my Excel classes, and he's the CEO of his company, so clearly somebody who knows what they're doing, yes. but struggled when it came to... It was an issue that he thought was going to be an Excel question, but turned out to be something completely different. He ended up oh. needing one of our databases called Reference USA, and I spent about 20 minutes with him showed him what he needed to do, just really kind of got him started because he's a smart guy and he yeah. can take what he learned from me in 20 minutes and just run with it. Sure. But at the end of the conversation, he said, you've changed my life. This is fantastic. <laughs> and I got a hug. So Great story. I'll take the hug. <laughs> Dana, thank you very much for taking the time today. Thank um, you. We've been. This is John Robin Voiles of Celebrate Libraries. We've been speaking with Dana Tiemann, the head of... Adult Services at Wheaton Public Library. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you.